Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I took time off work. So I said, I'm picking up the whole week. You know, it's going to be great. I'm going to be ready. And then they gave me a time. It was like 8.30 p.m. And I was like, okay, my mom will be there. So that's great. <laughs> and by the way, she was not here. So it's too late for even my mother. So I am especially grateful to all of you. You make it uh, worthwhile. You are uh, totally welcome to be on your phones. Because if I'm boring, do something else. So, um, so this is a four part. Um, let's, let me tell you what we're going to do today and for the next three days. So uh, first I'm going to do a quick introduction to myself. And then we're going to do a quick recap of yesterday. Uh, I actually did some slides. I couldn't connect to the internet, so we're doing the PDF. So you can kind of sneak peek there at the bottom. And then, um, so we'll do a recap. We're going to do some groundwork. And we talked about a little bit about the Adam of Israel. So we're going to start with that. We did the Old Testament yesterday, and then today we're going to jump into the Book of Mormon. Tomorrow, we're going to do the New Testament, and then Friday we'll do modern day. Okay. Or just whatever. Whatever we feel really excited about. Um, okay. So, quick introduction. My name is Lori Denning. You can call me Lori. I uh, am a, a PhD candidate at Claremont Graduate University um, in Comparative Critical Scripture. That is also called Super Nerd. I study the Hebrew Bible or Old Testament. And yeah, I can read Biblical Hebrew. Yeah, I can read it. Um, yeah. During the day, I actually work in operations because no one pays anyone to learn Biblical Hebrew. Just in case <laughs> you were worried about a career change. Um, so, I am a returning student. I did an undergrad at an evangelical university, um, which was super fun. It was like a piss fight every day. Um, <laughs> they, were, they were great. I love my evangelical brothers and sisters. Then I did a, a master's degree at Gonzaga, Catholic. So we didn't study scripture at all. And, uh, <laughs> sorry, I, you know, sorry, it's just, that was unfair. That was unfair. Um, it's late. It's late. We didn't study scripture. So, and I love my Catholic brothers and sisters. So, anyway, and so now I'm at Claremont, where there's no religion. So, it's kind of funny. So, there you go. Um, so, my love is scripture. My absolute love is scripture. I love studying the scripture. So, I am really grateful that you guys all came so we could talk about it some more. And um, one, one of the theme today, as you can see, is this idea of gathering Israel. And yesterday we talked about, in scripture, there are these big overarching patterns. I'm probably familiar with them. We're going to go through this really fast. But yesterday we talked about some of these patterns. And they're called, uh, sometimes called biblical motifs, but you can also see them called type scenes. Type scenes. And so, uh, that's a nerd word, nerd word, um, for patterns or events in the stories of scripture. So they, they're these things that keep happening. So if you've ever read scripture, you've probably noticed that you're like, hey, that story has happened before, right? And so we practiced a few of them yesterday, and we talked about one that was like, um, uh, I'll look at a couple examples. Oh, let me tell you why we need first. So they're, they're patterns of scriptural narrative, the story, part of the stories that are repeated. And so they're repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated because they're going to draw attention that divine action is at play. So when you're reading them and you go, hey, this story sounds like a regular story. They're like, aha, ha. God must be at work. Okay? So they draw attention to divine action. Um, also, they usually teach some kind of eternal big picture concept. So it's more than just a principle or a doctrine, it's like, big idea, big idea, big idea. So they're going to use these stories because those ideas are complex and sometimes hard to explain. 
So we'll use these scenes to go over them and over them because you're like, oh, I'm kind of getting it. I'm kind of getting it. Oh, I didn't get it. Well, now I'm getting it. I'm getting it, right? So you'll see that. Also, typically, they're going to build for a future event. Something's coming in these events. And that's the next one. So um, we did some examples yesterday that there was a, uh, a story of a woman who is barren, can't have a child, and we did some practice ones. This is where you can help me participate. So turn on your scripture nerd hat. Can you think of any stories where there is a woman who is barren who cannot have a child? It usually goes something like this. She can't have a child for age or some other reason. She usually prays, she or and or her husband. A divine messenger of some kind. Sometimes a messenger, sometimes an angel, they come and they're like, surprise, good news, and you're gonna have a special child, and then the special child is gonna have a role, right? Does this sound familiar? Let me start, let me start. Sarah, right? Sarah, Abraham and Sarah, right? Famous Baron um, and Patriarch. Now she's promised to promise this Abraham and Thomas, right? That they're going to have um, posterity. <laughs> They're going to have prosperity, a place to put it, priesthood, all kinds of things. And that they're not going to have any children. How are they going to have this posterity? So you're like, how is this story going to resolve? Spoiler alert. A divine messenger's come through them. And they're like, guess what? You're having a child. They laugh. <laughs> uh, both Abraham and her. Sarah always gets bad rap for that. Like, she laughs. Um, like, seriously? Uh, but Abraham laughs as well. And they name their son. He laughs. Okay? You do that, right? Yeah. Um, let me put on my Bible teacher hat for a minute. Not a lot of stories, uh, biblical narratives, uh, scriptural narratives, tell you very much of the backstory of people. You, they're not like modern day stories. So they do not tell you everything that happened in someone's past. So right now when we tell a story, we usually just even like my introduction, I give you all this backstory of who I am, where I came from, and what motivates me. And if you think about modern storytelling as well, we actually even have like full movies of like prequels, right? We're like, well, what really happened? Well, then we're going to do a prequel. And then we're going to do Rogue One, even though it's the best one. And then we're going to tell a story, right? And we're like filling in the blanks. And we love that. But scripture is not the same. Even though it's using stories to communicate, we're just hardwired, right, to understand stories. So scripture is going to use stories. When he gives us stories, it's like, I don't know anything about it. I don't know how tall they were. I don't know if they like to eat out, right? I don't know anything about these people. But one way you do is their name and the meaning of their name. It usually, I know, right? Well, yeah, like, let's do a few examples, right? Isaac, he laughs, right? Um, Jacob, their son, uh, Rebecca's son, is named Jacob, Yaakov. And it also means uh, deceiver. <laughs> yeah. I have a new baby. He's named Sneaky. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and his twin brother is called Red Perry. So they have two twins, right? And the one twin comes out and he saw and he's like, like a little animal. And everywhere he goes, he's like, I'm killing animals. So I'm killing them and I'm bringing them back. And I'm getting married and I'm just following my passions. And I want the food, 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 food. And they sell him the food. His name is Little Animal. I saw it. And then his brother is called Smooth Skin. He's actually called the Heel Tripper, is what the name means. And Heel Tripper's the guy that, like, when you walk by, goes like that. <laughs> That's Jacob. And so what is Jacob? He's a smooth talker. He's smooth. Esau's sneaky. And then you're like, I wonder where this story's going. Okay. 
<laughs> so sometimes it tells you about their character, and then sometimes it tells you something aspirational about them, their, uh, maybe something that we hope they become. So in biblical narrative or scriptural narrative, sometimes you don't get that. So a trick to understanding who these people are is look up the meaning of their names. Okay. Before I take off my um, nerd hat for a second, how can you find? How can you find out the meaning of names? If only there was a, a way that you could tap in to the universe and you could <laughs> find information instantly about anything. If only. Someday, right? <laughs> you might take a note. Oh, Google, you can Google it. So if you're not sure the meaning of the names, look them up. Look them up, okay? And then obviously names change. So people receive their covenant name. Jacob becomes Israel, he who wrestles with God. He's a changed person. Okay, so it, it follows along with his life. When he comes back, he's, you know, he leaves Cana, he goes out, he's there, his wives deceive him and all that, and then he comes back a changed man. He wrestles with that figure um, across the Jabbok River, and then he is named Israel. He's the deceiver no more. Right? Even Jesus, the very beginning of John, John 1, meets Nathaniel and says, ah, an Israelite in whom there is no sneakiness. He's, it's punny, right? <laughs> Jesus is punny. So we see this idea of this guile and sneakiness going through uh, the Israelite story. Yeah? So then, um, are these like titles instead of names? They can't be. We're, we're not always sure. We're not always sure. Sometimes they can just like, have a kid. You're like, ah, oh, you look sneaky. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, well, maybe we just call them that. We don't know. And honestly, we don't care. Yeah. Right? We're like, oh, that's cool. That makes the story better, right? Even the story um, Adam and Eve, right? Um, the story begins, the creation of the world, and we're going to create two people. And the man we're going to call Adam. And what does Adam mean? Dirt. Yeah. It means earth. It's like earthling or earthling. Yeah, it's like earthling. Earth, dirt. Um, we use the same word, like hummus, like the ground is made of not the kind of delicious dip. The hummus of the earth, right? And it becomes humanity. So we're going to start the story with a guy called Earthling and his wife called Life. Right? So it's dirt and life or earth and life. And you're like, oh, that's a good name for the first two people. Right? <laughs> and he's created from the dust of the earth. You could call him Dusty. That's another one. <laughs> we should call him Dusty. So, okay. So, all right. She's um, funny, yeah, she's funny. Back to the gathering of Israel. So, Anyway, there are women that can have a child. Now, that was a lot of time for you to think of other women who were barren. Can you think of any? Yeah, yeah. yeah Elizabeth. I could not tell one of them. So say it again. Elizabeth. Hannah. Hannah, right, Hannah. Hannah prays. She's um, a second wife, can't have a child, prays in uh, Samuel, second, uh, first Samuel 2, right? Uh, who else? Elizabeth. Rachel, right? Rachel can't have a child. And she's, they, they have like the name off battle. I love that with Leah and her thing. They're like, ever, all the 12 tribes are named like one of them names. I have a child. Finally, my husband will love me. You big jerk, right? Those are the names of all the sons. <laughs> so, yeah, who else? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Excellent. Elizabeth in the New Testament. She has, um, she's older, right? She's older, can't have a child. Um, and then uh, Zechariah is in the temple and he receives an angelic visit. Right? Can you see the pattern? Okay. But there's often a twist. There's often a twist in the stories. Um, where, uh, and I think I drew this in the next slide. I'm terrible with slides. 
So, oh, repeat the twist. So we're gonna come back to a couple patterns, but the patterns will repeat, um, and then sometimes there's a twist in the story, and you're like, well, that's different, that's weird. And the twist draws our attention. It draws our attention in to something happening. So what you're meant to do is compare them, but also contrast them. So you say, well, what's weird about the story? So let's do one more in this example. Sorry, we did this last night, you guys missed this. Mary, there's a young Judean girl, she's a teenager. Not only can she not have a child because she's barren, she can't have a child because she's never been with okay. right? And then an angel comes, and there's, that's the twist, right? She's not an old person, she's a young person. And the child is even extra special, right? And the twist is gonna lead to Jesus Christ. Get it? Okay, so that's, that's how these tight scenes work. Um, there are a few more. Um, we did some of these yesterday because we were prepping for today and um, the gathering of Israel. So we talked about uh, salvation from oppression, went through water. So we talked about the Israelites. Uh, first, you had uh, Noah's Ark, right? Bad people, bad. We'll build an ark. We put them in it and they're saved from water. You can also see it with Moses. He's also put in a ark, right? An ark. And, uh, and they floated along on water. And then he comes back later and he rescues all his people who were being oppressed. And they, don't they go through water? Is there a famous scene? I think there is. I think I saw the cartoon. I think so, I saw that cartoon. <laughs> and, then, and then Joshua, right? Then Joshua, they wander around for 40 years. And then Joshua leads them through the River Jordan, also spread, separates, right? And then they're leading in and they're getting the promised land. Okay? And then John the Baptist shows up, and where does he go? The same spot. The very same spot that they were all at. And they're now doing what in water? Baptism, right? That's a bit of a twist, a little different. Because it's leading to the city. Okay, you're getting the path. Oh, she's me. So. <laughs>
longest chapter ever. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the most important and most dedicated, and we love it. And I, I posted a pillow and I got a text. Before we do Jacob 5, any other trees? First Nephi 8. First Nephi 8, Lehi's, Lehi's vision of the tree of life. Tree, this is a tree. Um, a tree of life, excellent. Is there any other trees? Excellent. Garden of Eden. Garden of, oh, how did we miss the Garden of Eden? There's not one tree. There's, there's not. I'm sorry, English teachers. There are not. There are how many trees? Two trees. Two trees. And, and they're placed way out on the, on the outside borders of the Garden of Eden, right? No. They're placed no. in the midst, right in the middle. So you're like, I'm going to tell a story about a very important garden. And in the middle, I'm going to place two trees in the middle, but they're not important. Don't pay attention to those. Don't eat those. Look at them. <laughs> and now begin. And then they're like, I'm going to eat the bush. And you're like, you guys, I just talked about the tree. Because the story's about the tree. Right? The story's about the tree. Can you think of any other tree? Yeah. Yeah, Christ is placed on a tree. Right? There's the twist. There's the twist. Anybody else? I thought another one. John, John first. The first big tree? Oh, the curse of the big tree. Yeah. That might be a little different. <laughs> there are a lot of trees. There's also a tree. Um, there's Jonah. Jonah. How is Jonah in a tree? Oh, he sits in the bush. He sits in the little bush. I don't think that is either, though. But I like that we're going for it. Let me try one more. <laughs> yeah, and I can just sit and go, good job, good job, not that tree. <laughs> well, I can those scriptures were so funny. Okay, so here's a clue. Here's a clue on how to put it together. You have to find a pattern that the tree starts with, and then a lot of stuff, right? So we did a parent woman, the visitor, the prayer, a special child. It wasn't just that the woman was barren, right? It has more to it. And then um, in the tree story, there's this tree. There are two trees: the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of. Good and bad, yeah, good and bad. And then um, there's another tree, and then like they, you know, they, they get kicked out, and there's like a, a cherubim and flames and stuff, all this light. And then in the next book, right, the next very next book, there's a guy. His name's Moses. You might have heard of him. He's little known <laughs> in scripture, but he goes up to a mountain, and there, there's another tree that's like on fire and flames. Burning bush, yeah, right? So he returns to Eden and returns to the right? Now we call it a bush, which is unfortunate because it's, it's just short, it's a desert. But it's this, if you said, I went up to a mountain and there was this burning tree, you would have said, oh, it's like the tree of life. And you were supposed to, thank you, bad translators, right? No. Okay, so, um, so a remnant is part of this. So a remnant is going to be this idea of there's this greater group of people, greater group of people, and then there's a group that's going to be broken off. Now that group of people can be broken off for what we call a scattering. Now the scattering can happen for good reasons or bad reasons. It's not always bad, right? So there's some good scatterings. There's some good scatterings. Um, let's talk about a good one. Yeah, that's the first one I'm going to do, because I'm just going to do it historically a little bit. The Jaredites, right? We're right there in the very beginning of Genesis, and uh, Book of Ether, and things have hardly gotten started, and then the Lord's like, mm, bad. It just kind of goes story bad, story bad, story bad. And so we, you know, Garden of Eden, Cain and Abel, 
right? Just keeps going back and back. And then it's like reset, reset, reset. And then one of the Noah, reset, Tower of Babel, reset. And the Lord finally breaks off a family. And he's like, you know, I'm going to save you. I'm going to save a, a piece, a section, a remnant. And I'm going to scatter you somewhere else. Okay? So we're going to see, the, already we're going to see the pattern that the Lord is going to, there's oppression, slavery, evil, saturated fats, whatever it is. <laughs> and I was trying to think like the worst thing of our day. And so, <laughs> I mean, look at me, right? So, um, but they're going, the Lord is going to take those people and they're going to be taken into some place uh, better. He's going to protect them, a small group. Okay, so now that we've kind of got a little bit of the outline of what is a remnant, a small group protected bad times, can you think of any other groups that were scattered for good reasons? Lehi's family. Lehi, right? The Lehites. Yeah, we got this whole book about it that I was going to talk about today. Spoiler alert, they do. They leave. They're taken out. The Nephites and Lehites, right? It's bad times in Jerusalem. No one's paying attention. The northern tribes are already gone, right? So it was the combined kingdom, the northern tribes, gone, Syrians, 720 uh, BCE, and then the southern tribe. It's about time. They're coming in just a few years. They're going to get sucked out by Babylon, right? So... Before the bad time scattering, there's another good time scattering. So you come Lehi, they build a boat. Wait, it's almost like the water one. Anyway. And then they <laughs> go to the new world, right? And then they uh, receive covenants and start over. Okay, so in that story, we have a group that follows the Lord, receives covenants. So there's a scattering, but also covenants. Was there another story? Another good one, Talia? Yeah, Right? They're like, there's a famine, they go over there, and then everybody dies. Yeah, and then they come back, and then the Savior's family brings his grandfather. So good, good example, look through. The Jeremites, yeah, the Jeremites, exactly the same story, right? That they are this righteous group, and then they go also in a boat, and then they go, and they're saved, right? City of Enoch, the city of Enoch, right? We're going to take this terrible world. And then there's a group that is saved, and this one is saved not just to another place on the earth, but where does it go? Awesome, right? Okay, so you guys, are you, yeah, you're like, hey, I'm thinking about three more of them, right? There's scatterings all over. Now, most often we think of the scattering of Israel with the 12 tribes, right? Especially the lost 10. So when the tribes received their allotment, there are 10 in the north, two in the south. Obviously, people crisscross and live all over the place, even the Nephites, right? That they are from the tribe. So, wait, wait, that's a good test question. There are 12 tribes, right? Can everybody name them? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, the first one is there's a song, right? Reuben and his Okay? You don't know Joseph, Joseph with a technical dream coach? I don't know. I don't, I don't actually know. Um, that was it. That was, that's all. Uh, I, I don't, yeah, so you guys, help me out, okay, so, Reuben, Simon, Levi, Levi, Judah, those are the four, and then keep going, she has two more, Dan and Asher, Gad, Naphtali, Zebulun, Issachar, Benjamin, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. Levi, Levi, I forgot, no, but, yeah, Manasseh, Joseph, there are 13, if you're counting, and I did a terrible job at it. Because I told you I was into like words in Hebrew, not math. 
right? <laughs> so they're 13, so the trick is on that one that either you take Joseph um, or you don't count Levi if you count both Joseph's sons, right? So there are 13 tribes, but it'll, it says in Numbers, don't count Levi. He's a dedication to the Lord. He's a special one, and he's going to serve as a priestly family. So then Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, right? Okay. This is not news, right? You've been to church probably twice. Okay. I, um, I was telling a friend, I said, you know, the great thing about teaching LDS is that they super know their scriptures. So you don't have to go, you know the story. And then they're like, no. I'm like, oh. Right? You guys are like, yeah, beat me to it. Yeah, not everybody knows the Old Testament. And we kind of highlight a few things. But that's okay. That's okay. It's grim. So, um, okay, so what did she say? We're still on okay. We're still on so We're going to see these ideas. We've got to work them off, right? Great. We've got to some scriptures. Let's do it. Okay, so we've set a pattern. There's a remnant. There's a scattering. Oh, oh, oh. The Correlation Committee wanted me to make sure and say this phrase. Is there someone here from the Correlation Committee? <laughs> <laughs> Please be sure to indicate that the tribes were scattered due to their own iniquity and not because of the Lord. You're
way to live. There's a better way to be. Let me show you a few hints. Try to live like the gospel. Don't like kill people and steal stuff. Okay,
But yeah, the point is it's a special garment that is given to the birthright son in the name of something. Okay? And he's he's young, he's like 17. And all of his brothers except Benjamin, right, is, are older than him. And he, we talked about yesterday, he's kind of a nerd. Right? He's a brat. And so he comes to his father and he's like, hey, my brothers are not doing a good job at their jobs. He's like tattling. Right? You know this about Joseph, right? Yeah. And then he comes to another time and he's like, yeah, I had a vision. And it was all the stars in the sky and all of them were worshiping me. And guess who was the stars? And guess who was awesome? And they're like, and he goes, oh, no, I had another one. I had another one. And then it's, I had a dream of everyone being like stalks of wheat. And I was the biggest stalk of wheat. And, and then all the other stalks were bowing to me. Cool, right? And they're like, let's kill him. <laughs> they don't kill him. What do they do to him? Sell him. And so they're like, we're going to throw him in a pit. And so they're probably like a wine press. And so they, they throw him in a pit. And they take him and they take that special garment. And what do they do to it? This is really critical to the next story. What was it? They tear it. Yeah, they dip it in blood. They dip it in goat's blood. Goat's blood. And if you want to read about goats, go back to Jacob's story, right? The goat's deception. There's this whole thing there. So they dip it in goat's blood. They tear it up like a wild animal. And they bring it back to Jacob. And they deceive the deceiver. There's this, we should do, we should just do Genesis one day. But they bring it back. And they're like, look, Father, guess what happened to Joseph, your favorite son? And he, and he doesn't pick up on it, right? And he had this exact same thing happen to him, right? His dad like Esau. You know, this, this favoritism thing. You'd think they would learn. They never learn. And so it's like, I love you most. And then they're like, it worked out right for me, right? And it doesn't work out right for him. So he comes in and he weeps. And he's like, my son, my son has been killed. Killed, right? And then we know the story. Joseph is sold into Egypt. He goes from bad to worse, right? He's a slave, then he's put in jail, and then he tells people their dreams, don't forget me, and then they forget him, and then eventually they remember, and then he is, tells Pharaoh the, the, the dreams. He is put in a position of leadership, right? We know he's kind of like the prime minister of Egypt. He's dressed like Pharaoh, and uh, his brothers show up, a famine, a famine comes. And then they show up and they don't recognize him. And it's like they're sheets bowing to him, right? Okay, true. And then, then Joseph saves them, right? Joseph saves them. He not only saves them from famine, but he saves them and they're redeemed in Judah. Um, now he's going to, you see the whole reversal. The next youngest brother, Benjamin, right? Judah steps up. Judah's part too. Because Judah was kind of a bad guy. So Judah learns. It's really featured on Joseph and Judah. So we learn, we learn that this code, this remnant, this, this piece, scrap is left. Okay. That's a lot of sentiment. Now we turn to Book of <laughs> Who are an Old Testament people? Surprise. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know, but this is the title page to the Book of Mormon. We're not going to go through the whole thing. We don't have time. But I did want to read this. And so I cut out a little bit, so let's read it together. Wherefore, oh, this is, remember, this is talking about the Book of Mormon. Who wrote this, by the way? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Kind of. <laughs> Mormon. Yeah, Mormon. Yeah. Good. I, sorry, it's actually really hard to hear when you guys all talk, so I try to pick up. But it's like, 
about the idea of a remnant. Now, here's what I want you to do while we watch the three minutes. Three minutes. You can do it. Three minutes. I want you to look. Look for a pattern about a remnant, like a cloth or a remnant in a making of a covenant. See if you can find any evidences of just, spoiler alert. <laughs> no, you didn't hear it. No, you didn't hear it. Okay, I'm going to watch this video. Okay, it's like three minutes. So you're, what are you going to, what's your assignment? Look for a pattern. All of those things. Okay, let's watch it. Now in this part of our own life story, a wicked man named Malachi wanted to make himself king over all the land. He wanted to take away the freedom of our own life people and destroy the true church. No way. And Moroni was angry with Malachi. And it came to pass that he rent his coat, and he took a piece thereof and wrote upon it, in memory of our God, our religion and freedom, our peace, our lives, and our children. And he fastened it upon the end of the pole. Oh, my. 
Mary was a man who was permanently faithful to Christ, who believed that his people were faithful in keeping the commandments of God, that he would trust the land.
Yes, it's similar to Captain Moroni. But the, we are the remnant, and we remember. Let's do, let do one other scripture I wasn't thinking about, folks, now. Sorry. If only I had the device. Um, uh, turn on your scriptures to 3560. <laughs> or you could open paper once, if you still have those. The ultimate gathering of Israel, right, the ultimate gathering, this remnant that was sent, the Nephites, the Lehites, they're sent to the New World. And then the highlight, Christ comes. The covenant that he made, that he will never forget them, he keeps. So he comes to the Americas, right? We know this through Nephi 11. In 3 Nephi 16, he talks about this, and he says, um, here, I'm going to jump to five, verse five. So he's there, he's speaking to them, he's just taught them the Sermon on the Mount. He says, okay, now I've taught you all the things that I said to the other people, and I teach you guys some other things. And he says um, that these words that he's going to say are going to go out to the Gentiles. And they're going to go out to the Gentiles through the people that he's giving, right? Through the Book of Mormon. I'm giving it to you right now, um, people. And this is it. And then he says, after that, verse 5, and then I will gather them in from the four corners, corners of the earth, and then will I fulfill the covenant which the Father hath made unto all the people of the house of Israel. How? Wait a minute, wait, what? I will gather them, all the people, because he was talking about the people in Jerusalem. And then he's saying, I'm going to give this message to the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? You are the Gentiles in this story. Gentiles means just not the group that we're talking about right now. Okay? So sometimes they're like a Judah, sometimes they're not a Judah, sometimes they're not from the tribes of Israel. So I know you already said you're from the tribes of Israel, but in this story, you're the Gentiles. You're the outcome. So the, the Book of Mormon is going to go to who? You. Surprise! Right? Oh yeah, we have it. Right. So it's going to go to you, and then you are going to use that to gather the scattered Israelites. They're all over the place now. So he says, I will gather them from where the four quarters, quarters of the earth, and then I will what? I will fulfill the covenant which the Father hath made unto the people, uh, unto, unto all the people of the house of Israel. I'm going to keep the promises I made by giving this book of Mormon to you so that you can But behold, because of their belief in me, saith the Father, and because of the unbelief of you, O house of Israel, in the latter days shall the truth come unto the Gentiles, that the fullness of these things shall be made known unto them. And there's like, whoa, they won't almost do it. Um, so cool. Verse 11. And then I will remember my covenant, which I, which I have made unto my people, O house of Israel, and I will bring the gospel unto them. And I will show unto thee, O house of Israel, that the Gentiles shall not have power over thee, but I will remember my covenant unto you, O house of Israel, and ye shall come to the knowledge of the fullness of my gospel. So the Lord is saying, I'm going to remember all those promises I made. I made them to the people anciently who got scattered on their own. I made them to the people who scattered just 
because I sent them somewhere else, and I am going to remember it, and I am going to do it through the Book of Mormon. This thing I'm doing right now, when he's talking to them, and I'm going to send it out to you. Right? So, what is the gathering then that we're supposed to be doing? Yesterday we talked for a minute and we said it feels like the gathering is like uh, missionary work, right? right? And you're like, yeah, okay, sure. What else? What else is it? Keep the covenant. So we do ordinance work, we do missionary work, but we also start here with each other. We have to make those covenants first, and then we can go share them with others. We can go serve others. Yeah? The spirit of the gathering of Israel is the idea, I think, that the Lord going to remember you. He's going to remember me. Remember, the Lord has bound himself to us in covenants. He doesn't have to. But he wants to prove something to you. I will never forget you. I will never forget you. I will never ever, not ever, go And this is God's work. And we are involved in it. And that 
ashes in the galaxy. That everything you do is part of that great plan. And that you're here right now, today, to help gather yourself and others. And the Lord wants you to know that he is the Christ. And he will save you. And he hopes you'll share that.